the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the us pray. Gracious and loving Lord, we come into your presence today to worship you, to glorify you, and we pray that you will come and dwell among us, dwell within us, that we may experience your Holy Spirit in a powerful way. Open us up to your revelation this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together, I'll hail the power of Jesus' name.
be seated. We have one clipboard being passed around this morning, and it's for Seneca Street. Um, we serve a Seneca Street United Methodist Church. But you know what? It's Mother's Day morning, and I'm thankful, and we're going to praise God by reciting the Apostles' Creed that I just forgot. And so I think that's something that we always should do with reverence and glory. And so I know y'all just sat down, but I think we need to get up. Good morning. Do you believe in God the Father? Creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. His seat said to heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And with that proclamation, please be seated. <laughs> and I appreciate your forgiveness on that. So good morning. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. What are y'all thankful for today? Mothers, right? <laughs> I, hope, I was hoping somebody would say that. <laughs> yeah. So we're thankful, Sandy, that you could be here as well after your surgery, and I'm, I'm continue to pray that you heal well. Yeah. Janet. Support of family and friends through very difficult times. Yes, Mackenzie. Thankful for the youth band that's going to be singing today. Yeah. Yeah, Suzanne. Your granddaughter passed her nursing exam. Praise God, yeah. Did I, I, I heard my name, no? Okay. <laughs> Anyone else that want to share? You know, God is good, yeah. It's good to, hey, welcome from out of town. <laughs> How are you? You moved into your new house. Wonderful blessings for that. Yeah, great. Anyone else? God is good, and we could go all day. So as we return our gifts, tithes, and offerings, take a moment to reflect on just how blessed you are, how blessed we all are, for it's in Jesus' name that we proclaim his name. Let's give our gifts back.
we thank you for your goodness and we pray that you will take these gifts receive them knowing that we have great gratitude and love in our hearts bless them lord that they may be a witness in the world to your love a transform transformational witness to bring people closer to you for it's in your name we pray amen please be seated I have some um, prayer concerns I want to share with you from um, our church family. Um, please uh, pray for Karen Krasinski, who's um, experiencing difficulty with her hip. Pray for the Kairos Prison Ministry that's happening at Al in Albany next Thursday through Saturday. There's going to be 30 women there, and Sandy Hoke is one of the facilitators there. So pray for some um, transformation and Holy Spirit movement through that. Um, pray for the Phillips family. Jim Phillips' father passed away, George Phillips, on Saturday night, and they'll be having services on, on Thursday. And also pray for Dorothy Thuman. Um, she is having some health concerns and was um, heading to the hospital, so um, pray for Dorothy as well. Do we have any other prayer concerns you'd like to have lifted up this morning? Judy. Healing for Gloria, John, and Brenda. Okay. Anyone else? Let's pray. Gracious and loving Lord, we come to you this day filled with your love, expecting your presence and knowing you are good, and yet we come to you also with troubled hearts, Lord, we pray for those who are experiencing difficulties, and we pray that your hand will be upon them. And we pray that you'll take away our fear and help us to be a stronger witness to those who are in need. We pray that you will have your hand upon those who are experiencing trouble in their 
bodies, that they may receive physical healing, that pain be bound up and cast aside, that disease be healed and your name proclaimed. Have your hand about the people who are in need physically, Lord. And we pray for those who are experiencing difficulties in their mind, Lord, with anxiety and depression, with worry and fear. And we pray that your hand will be upon them. Give them clarity of mind, freedom of thought, knowing that you are there to hold them up and walk through them, Lord. And we pray that you will continue to guide them and wrap them in your arms. We, Lord, we pray for those who are grieving those with heavy hearts, that you will surround them with your love and with a loving community of people, Lord, to share your love. We pray that you will send healing for their hearts. Lord, we pray for people who don't know you. We pray that you'll make them fertile ground to receive your Holy Spirit. We present to you people that need to know you, Lord, and help us to be a greater witness for that. Lord, we pray for our families, that you'll continue to bless our families and fill our families with your love and yet put a blanket of protection over our families. Take away any of the struggles. Bind them closer together in you. Lord, we pray for our church, that we will receive your direction and empowerment to do things in your name, in your way, and on your time. Give us all your healing, Lord, that we will experience your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your power so that we will experience you and walk with you and know you more. That we may be a light in this world for others. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Now let's hear from the word of the Lord. Sophia. The verse we'll be reading is Revelation um, 20 verses 11 through 15 and Revelation 21 verses 1 through 5. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged accordingly to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that, they, that were in it, and the death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. The death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone who, whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of, the, out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her, for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things had passed away. 
He, he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're going to continue on with our sermon series um, based on the Apostles' Creed and telling about the ABCs of our faith. These past few weeks we've talked about things um, that are special, special things that make our faith unique. For instance, we know that God is the creator of all the heavens and all the earth. We know that Jesus Christ is his Son, our Lord and our Savior. And we understand that Jesus came in human flesh and lived and suffered and died to take away our sins and that he was resurrected to new life. And all of this gives us a lot of hope. We as the collective church have a lot of hope that we can share with the world because we know that our sins can be forgiven and that one day we'll be resurrected and we will dwell with God in eternal glory, eternity is our subject today. But there's something that has to happen first before we enter into eternity. We will stand before the judge of the world. Who will that judge be? Well, according to the Apostles' Creed, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Yes, it is Jesus who will judge us. But what gives him the right what gives him the right to judge us? Well, of course, he is one with the Father, God. Just as it said in John 10, he, he told his people, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Now, in various places in the scriptures, it sometimes says that Jesus is the one who will judge us, and other times it says it is God who will judge us. And that's because the two are one. Along with the Holy Spirit, they, they are pretty much interchangeable in many ways. And that's what's meant when the Apostles' Creed says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. The right hand is the position of honor, the place where the leaders next in command is always seated. So not only is Jesus in this place of honor, but he's also the only one who ever lived on this earth as a human and yet did not commit any sin. So both by his position of power and his purity of life, this is what gives him the right to judge all of us at the end of this life. Now, don't you wonder what the judgment day will be like? It's a little bit scary in some ways. In John's book of the Revelation, he describes it in this way. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. Wow. The throne is described as this large white thing. Again, a sign of God's power, of Jesus' power and of his purity. And the judgment begins as the earth and the heavens disappear. They flee away, the end of the world as we know it. When will it come? Nobody knows, not even Jesus himself 
knew the exact day and time. And sometimes it seems as though God is taking his sweet time before he makes this happen. In 2 Peter verse, chapter 3, verses 8 to 10, we read this. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. So in several places in Scripture, the destruction of the world is described in similar ways. It's either burned and destroyed or it's rolled up like a scroll. And in some places it's said it'll be discarded like a used-up piece of clothing. It'll be taken off and tossed away. And no matter how you describe that day, at that point there'll be nothing left of this world as we know it. That's because a new and glorious people in Christ will need a new and glorious world in which to live. After the judgment day, after the passing away of this world, what happens next? Each one of us will stand before the throne of God. In Revelation 20, it said, I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. What are these books that John is describing? The first books appear to be records of our lives. They list everything we've ever done, both the good and the bad. And even though God holds them in his hand, it's not God who wrote those books. It's each of us by what we've done in our lives. That's how those books are written and recorded. We record our own lives simply by living them. Now, can you imagine standing before the Lord and having him see everything you've ever done? We'll see both the good and the bad. We'll see the time you gave your friend a gift, and we'll see the time you stole candy from the local store. <laughs> we'll see those times when... We worked so hard just to make everything come out right, and we did the best we could to do what we should, but we'll also see those times when we failed to do what we were supposed to do. Everything will be taken under consideration. So just how much sin and failure does it take to keep you away from God's presence in eternity? You do know that God is completely holy, completely pure, don't you? So no sin can be tolerated in God's presence. How then can any of us ever hope to survive the judgment? Our hope is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. When we profess our faith in him, we are saved and our sins are covered. So when we stand before that throne of judgment, we will have an advocate. Jesus will be our lawyer as we stand before the judge and our life record book is opened and read, Jesus will step forward to defend us. 
You see, Jesus is both the judge and the public defender. And when our sins are revealed, Jesus will say, it's okay, Father, this one belongs to me. If we are one of his own, we are covered by his sacrificial life and his death. And when God looks at us, all he's going to see is his son, Jesus. If we've placed our trust in him, our name will be written in the book of life, that second book that's opened up, and it'll have all the names of everyone who has come to know Jesus and has, has that opportunity to have eternal life. And so we'll be allowed into God's holy presence because our names are in that book. Now all people will be judged and will have an opportunity to enter into God's beautiful eternity. Revelation 20 said, the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. You see, back in Jesus' day, the, the Jewish people believed that a human body had to be buried in a very particular way, or else that person would not have a chance to be raised to new life. But Revelation says that even the sea will give up its dead. Think about it, people who died at sea didn't have a proper burial, did they? No. And yet they will be brought forward to the judgment. And also, all of those who died in any sort of accidental way or were not properly buried, those who were contained in Hades, that place for the souls that are waiting for the judgment, all of them will be brought forward to the judgment throne. And we'll receive either a great reward or a small one or no reward at all, depending on what we've done and who we know. Most important is who we know. It's our relationship with Jesus that earns us the place in heaven. You see, it's that relationship which makes our Christian faith so unique. There is no other religion that has that particular flavor to it. If you think about it, even different areas of the world have certain flavors, right? What about in Western New York? What are, what are some of our unique flavors, some of the foods that are native to this area that you can't get anywhere else? Chicken wings, somebody said. Yeah. Well, let's see this little video that shows some of the foods. And Beef on Weck, or Kimowek as it's called, is all about tradition. Located in suburban West Seneca, Schwabbles is like time traveling back a good 50 years or so. Can you tell me how long this place has been around? Since 1837. Wow, that's a long Only 172 <laughs> years. This is a Kimowek roll. You have the kosher salt and the caraway seeds, and then of course the best hand-carved beef you can get. The classic buffalo sandwich, the Beef on Weck. Nothing quite like a Ted's charcoal broiled hot dog. These world famous Franks easily sit near the pinnacle of Western New York foods. An ideal family lunch mm. spot or kid friendly dinner destination, Ted's got its start near Buffalo's historic waterfront. You didn't think we were gonna forget chicken wings, did ya? I'm at Frank and Teresa's famous Anchor Bar. This is where chicken wings, as you know and love them, were invented in 1964. These days, chicken wings can be found at thousands of mom-and-pop restaurants and pizzerias in and around western New York. In the movie Osmosis Jones, Bill Murray dreams of attending the National Buffalo Wing Festival. The funny thing was, in real life, 
there was no such festival. Until 2002, when Buffalo impresario and wing king Drew Serza decided to make that film's premise a reality. So what is Wingfest all about? Wingfest is a celebration of the chicken wing in its birthplace, Buffalo, New York. It's the Super Bowl of the chicken wing industry. These are all the best restaurateurs from around the country. They have the best sauces, over 100 different styles right here in one place. All these people coming in from all over the country will probably surpass 80,000 people this year alone and 30 to 40 tons of chicken wings. I really don't have a bone to pick with what you just said. <laughs> yes, right, Buffalo's most famous right food delight is surely the chicken wing. But beyond that spicy delicacy lies a universe of other, sometimes unexpected, food finds. To satisfy the comfort cravings of the average tourist, or the epicurean wanderlust of the most sophisticated world traveler. Western New York's bounty has something for everyone. A diversity of influences and ingredients blended with the region's singular style and point of view. Welcome to Buffalo in Western New York, and bon appetit. <laughs> Sorry, are you getting hungry yet? <laughs> I want some of those wings. <laughs> and hey, you know when you're having that roast beef or that great Salem's hot dog, you've got to have something that goes on top of it. You know what that is? Weber's mustard, especially the horseradish kind. I love that stuff. And then, of course, you have to have some chips along with your, um, your sandwich. And uh, what do you have to have to eat those chips? Bison's French onion dip, yeah. Now, for dessert... I want some platter's sponge candy, yeah. You know that new kind with the peanut butter on it? That's really excellent. <laughs> I, I hear a connoisseur. <laughs> but my favorite thing of all is Perry's ice cream. And if it's chocolate peanut butter cup, that's the best, right? I've got some of that home in my freezer right now. You can't get these foods anywhere else, can you? In fact, they're just beginning to export some of them. And down south, they call them Buffalo wings, well, they just don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> when my daughter comes from out of state, she's always got to pick up the bison dip and the Salem's hot dogs because you just can't get them. So these are the things that help define us as a community, the flavors. And the unique aspect of our faith, the thing that really flavors our faith, is that relationship with Jesus. It can't be found in any other religion you see, our God is all about personal relationships. And I think that's why God places us in families here on earth, so that we can develop close relationships. Usually our first relationship is with our mother, right? You know, she's the one who nurtures us inside of her body. She's the one who brings us to birth through her hard labor. She feeds us and cares for us when we're helpless infants. And a mother never stops loving us, no matter how old we get. Every one of us has had a mother, whether we remember her now or not, but our relationship with her flavors our whole life. I'm so thankful for the love and care that my own mother gave to me. She was an excellent mother, and I miss her. And after our mothers, then our relationship with our father and with our siblings and all of our other relatives, those all grow. In, in our early days, and they truly do influence us, and they teach us how to care about others. They give us certain personality characteristics. Mothers influence us the most of all, but all of our relationships are important. Relationships. You know, Jesus told his followers that loving God and loving their neighbors were the two most important things that we can do. 
And certainly our families are the first of our neighbors that we get to know and that we learn to love. And when those first relationships go well, then the rest of the relationships have a better chance of going well also. Now after the judgment of all human souls, when God looks at what we've done and whether we have a relationship with Jesus, it says, says in Revelation 20, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So we die in a physical way, and then those of us who are not right with God also will die in a spiritual way. But at the end, death and Hades will be destroyed at last, and anyone who is not listed in the book of life will also be destroyed. But for those of us who have trusted in the saving grace of Jesus Christ, we will have a great reward. Death will be conquered once and for all. Eternal life will be granted to all who are faithful. And at this time, the new heavens and the new earth will appear. The new holy city, that is the new Jerusalem, will come down out of heaven, beautifully adorned as a bride for her husband. And then this promise is made in Revelation 21, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be their God. Can you imagine the Lord of the whole universe, the Lord of all creation, dwelling right here with us? He'll be right in front of us. Amazing thing to see the glory of God and of his Christ right there in front of us. Can you imagine never feeling lonely again? Can you imagine never being sick again? Can you imagine never fearing death again? That's what we will see. Verse 4 tells us he will wipe every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. In eternity, we're promised that we'll be resurrected to a new life, that we'll be able to worship God with all our might, and that God has indeed declared, Behold, I make all things new. All of creation will be made new, and that includes each one of us. God is making us new, starting to make us new in this life as we come to know Jesus and to follow him. But God will recreate us and make us into something even more fantastic than we can possibly imagine in the life to come. We'll have an opportunity to praise Jesus Christ, the Lamb who is worthy of all honor and glory and blessing. And so I want you to practice now today. I want you to have an opportunity to stand up and praise the Lord. And so I invite you to sing with us. The Revelation Song.
will sing no other name Jesus Jesus my heart will sing no other to be in a relationship with you forever. And as we come receiving God's grace, we come with a heart that knows that God is good and sometimes we're not. But you know, God says, come, just come. And so I invite you to a prayer of confession along with me as we prepare our hearts for God's table with joy and thanksgiving. Lord, I am a sinner. I need your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your presence. That I may better follow you. That I may better follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And this proves God's love for you and for me. So in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And now as confident, forgiven children of God, let's greet one another with the peace of the Holy Spirit. Peace. Peace, brother. Yeah.
the table. This could be your first time here, even here all along. If you want God in your life, you are welcome to join us at the table of grace. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, you remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, ate with sinners, and fed the hungry. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. In the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread. He gave thanks to you and he broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you and he said, This is my blood the blood of the new covenant poured out for you, poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of this often, remembering me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us, as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward? Come and receive God's grace.
As you go out, know that you have a Savior who loves you. In spite of what you may have done, if you put your trust in him, he will give you that great reward, eternal life with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go out in his power, in his grace, and in his love, always. Amen. Amen.